Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Um, on, on her heart, it, it was it was just a bad situation. Um, the the doctor that was Sunday. My mom went over there Sunday, gave her the oil. On Monday, they took her to take more tests. They brought her back, said, "Hey, guess what? There's nothing wrong with your heart." I don't know what happened from this point to this point, but God did a miracle in that room, and God is doing miracles. He is still a miracle-working God, and she's home today annoying everybody else like she always does, right, Lisa? Amen. She is there. Um, but God is still in the miracle-working business. He's still a blessing God. We don't serve a God that is that is dead. We serve a God that is alive. And last week, we, we, we God showed up in this place. And I have a heart of expectancy that God is going to show up today. Let's prepare our hearts for what God wants to do. The main verse that we're going to talk about today is 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. If you have um, a Bible, get it out right now because we're going to kind of go through these, these um, chapters. And I want you guys, it, 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 I, I, Janira says it all the time. Um, Studies say that whenever you actually have a, a book in front of you and you're taking notes as somebody is speaking to you, it like it, it sticks to you a little bit more. It sticks to you a little more. So if you have your phone, um, it, let's go to First Samuel chapter 16 and we're going to start in verse 13 and we're going to kind of go here and there. So let's take notes. Let's see what God wants us to do, because these notes that you take today might be for October, might be for May. You need to come back to them and see what God is speaking to your life. So the main verse is, so Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. For the day on, for on that day, on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David, Samuel then went to Ramah. See, this month we're preparing that this is more, and this whole concept of oil was sticking to me as I was studying this. And uh, you need to understand, I, I remember grow, growing up, I, I didn't understand the concept of oil, the concept of oil. I, went, I was a very Pentecostal church. I mean, no earrings, no dresses, no shaving your legs, none of that. That's not holy in these days, okay? All right? We, we, I was, it was very strict back then. But all I remember when I was like eight or nine years old is... Um, they would be praying for people, and they would get oil, put it on their put on their heads, and people would be falling out and doing all that stuff. Which is, I mean, it's it's good and all that stuff and everything. But at eight and nine, I'm traumatized. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, like what? What? I don't. I don't. I didn't understand the concept. All I knew is when they took that little oil out, and they started pouring the oil out, things are about to go down. I mean, it's about to. People are about to go crazy. We're about to hear some things that, you know, I just knew in my eight-year-old mind, when I saw that little vial of oil, it's happening. Like Pentecost is happening in about 30 seconds. And I mean, it, it, I was scared. I was scared. My parents would try to uh, like tell me and understand what, what the concept of the oil was. And I'm like, I just like, don't put that thing on my forehead because I know what it did to that person. And I ain't trying to look like that. Right? I ain't trying to be like that, you know. But, but back then, I didn't understand the concept of what the oil represented. But as I grew up, I understand that the, the, the symbolism of the oil was not a scary or weird thing. It was a beautiful moment of agreement and declaration in people's lives. The oil in church circles is a common thing, but have you ever asked the question why? You understand, it's okay to ask why. 
God's not scared of your questions. He's not scared of your questions. In Christianity, we feel like we have to know it all. But guess what? We don't. So sometimes it's good to go in your prayer closet and be like, God, why? And wait for him to reveal it in your life. See, the oil represents so many powerful, beneficial things for your life. Because if we don't understand, we're never going to know the power that surrounds it. And the biblical meaning of oil means this. It's translated to fruitful. Fruitful. The oil represents wealth, abundance, health, energy, a vital ingredient in a good life. Back then, oil, olive oil, was very expensive. I mean, it was, it was like a high-end thing. It was a thing that if you had this oil, I mean, they would look at you like, wow, like you were a status thing. It, it, was, it was something that was so beneficial. And the definition for this year for us, it, it, the, the, about abundance and fruitful and, and health and energy, it, it kind of parallels our main verse for this year, where it is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, and now to him who has able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or according to his power working with us, to him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ in all generations forever." And ever, amen. We have to know that we need to live in a, we need to live where the oil is flowing. We need to live our lives, put our lives in position where the oil of the Holy Spirit is flowing in our lives. Because not only was there the representation of oil meant abundance and wealth, but the, the, where there was no oil meant famine. It meant desolate. It meant there was no growth. Where there was no oil, there was a, a famine and a hard times. So when the oil wasn't flowing back in those days, it represented that the city, the town was in a famished position or hit hard times. And we will look at that as symbolization for our lives. Maybe the things you're not de you're dealing with, a hard times, the famine in your life is maybe you're not letting the oil flow. Because the oil flows brings a different blessing to your life. The first thing I want to talk about, a representation that the Bible talks about oil is this, the oil of blessing. Write that down. The oil of blessing. Let me ask this question. Who wants to be blessed in their life? If you don't raise your hand, you ain't human. <laughs> Blessings. Blessings, the definition of blessing is determined on what you think blessing is, is perspective. For some, blessing is only attached to the things that God has given us or the things that we can attain in our life. For some, blessing is about the material. But can I give you another concept of blessing? Blessing is more than things. Blessing is being. You have to be blessed. You have to have a mindset of I am already blessed. I, I, I am blessed because I know the king. It's all a perspective. Some of us think that God isn't answering because we're determining our blessings through what I can have. And that's not a God. That is a genie. That is a genie. Aladdin. Rubbing. 
Prince Ali. You know, he came out. We ain't got no, we ain't got no, no God genie bottle. Whenever you want God to bless you, you're like, God, I need that car. Oh, here I am. And he does it. No, it don't happen that way. I don't know about you, but it don't happen for me like that. It's hard out here in these streets sometimes. It's hard. Because blessing is not attached to things. Blessing is attached to him. Let me say it like this. If your mindset of blessing is only attached to the material, you have a shallow mind. You are not living life in the abundance. And you're wondering why I am dealing with this, this depression. I'm dealing with this because blessing attached to material, you're never going to be satisfied. Because guess what? Somebody else has more. Somebody else's uh, life looks a little better. Somebody's house is a little bigger. That car is a little fancier because we can never live up to the material. But when you have a mindset of God, Whatever I have, I'm content in him, and I'm only blessed. I live a blessed life to be a blessing because he is in my life. And when I have that concept of blessing, there's a thing called the oil of blessing that pours onto my head in a symbolic way that when I walk, it's holy ground, not because of me, because of him. Whatever I put my hands to, it's blessed because not about me, it's about him. Whenever you think that when you can make your provision happen, you're making yourself your own God. Can I preach today? We have too many people that are their own gods. You have put an idol in your life of you. Oh, I can do this. I can make this happen. And don't get me wrong, we're not supposed to be lazy Christians, but he is still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. See, the oil in the Bible represented the Holy Spirit, and it needs to bring fruit. You want to know how if the oil of the Holy Spirit, the whole oil blessing is flowing in your life, there's fruit in your life. There's fruit. There's fruit in your life. You're, even though life hits, you're not, you're not swaying with the winds. You're not swaying. There's fruit. And fruit digs deep. To get good fruit, the roots have to go deep. That's why it's so important for you to grow. That's why it's so important for you to get into the word. That's why it's so important for you to be here on Wednesdays, to grow in community. Why? Because if your roots are in deep, you're having shallow roots, and they won't produce the good fruit. And the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the oil of blessing, needs to be apparent in your life. I, I, I love the story of, the two, I call it the tale of the two kings. There's Saul and there's David. And we're going to be talking about that in a little. Let's go here in first, uh, let's go um, to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to kind of be jumping here because I want you to see the, uh, the, the, the blessing is attached to God, but also the blessing is attached to some of the things that we put into our lives. Let, let, let me explain it like this. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. We're going to see here Saul. We're going to see the, the people of Israel wanted a king. They compared themselves to other kingdoms, and other kingdoms have kings, 
rulers, people that are over them. God never intended the Israelite people to have a king. The only king was supposed to be God. So they started looking around and they say, hey, we want a king to rule over us. So God said, all right, let's make it happen and let's see how this turns out. Because sometimes God is going to give you what you need, what you want. And he's going to be like, I'll be here when, you're, when, when it's all said and done. It is not for us to be put down. It's for us to know who's our source. Who's our source? The Israelite people wanted a different source. So God said, I'm going to be with you. You're my people. But let's give you a king. And let's see how this works out. Let's go to first. Samuel chapter 10, verse 1 says, And Samuel took the flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed ruler over his inheritance? Saul was a tall man. Saul was handsome. Saul was, I, I would like to see, think that Saul looks a little bit like me. That's pride right there, right? We're working on pride. Online campus, we're working on pride, all right? Saul was above everyone. Like he, 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 was, he was spotlighted for his appearance, spotlighted for a lot of the things that he brought to the table. And then God said, hey, we're going to anoint this guy king over Israel. See, the, the oil of blessing was poured on King Saul, and the oil of blessing was to put him set apart for Christ. The oil of blessing, it will pour on your life to, for you to be set apart. Let me, let me say it again. For you to be set apart, that means you have to think different. You have to talk different. You have to act a little different. Why? It's not because there's rules. No, it's called standards. It's called standards. You cannot be walking as other people are walking when you're, all, when you're flowing in the oil of the Holy Spirit. You can't. You have to be set apart. The reason you're set apart is for you to be a witness so you can get other people's and let's crowd heaven together. But if you're continuing to stay in the same avenue as everybody else, you're only going to be in hell with everybody else. I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. It's just a reality. We have fallen into the trap of the enemy. That out of the concept and the word of relevance, we lost our spiritual inheritance in God. For the concept of us being so relevant to the world, we became the world. But today, we need to take stance on who we are and say, guess what? The oil of blessing is poured on us for us to be set apart. Samuel was poured the oil, Samuel poured the oil on Saul for him to be set apart to be king, to rule. If the oil wasn't poured, everybody would have looked at Saul just as everybody looked at everybody else. But when the oil was poured, it set him apart. But something happened. So that was verse 10, right? So from verse 10 to verse 15 and 16, things took a little bit of a turn. It took a little bit of a right turn here. Because the reality was Saul was a man after his own title when God was looking after a man after his own heart. The title became too big. For, fall, for, for Saul's character. 
Character will get you farther than talent will ever will. Character will get you farther. Integrity will get you farther than every charisma that you have. Because we see a guy that was anointed by God in verse 10. And in verse 15, we have one of the saddest things that happened. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 26 and 27 said, But Saul said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king of Israel. And Samuel turned to leave, and, and Saul caught hold of his hem of his robe, and he tore it. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, and you have given it to one, and he has given it to one of your neighbors to be better than you. What happened from 10 to 15? What if your whole life was written in five chapters? Your, your mountaintop to your lowest valley in five chapters. What happened to this anointed king? What happened was, is the oil ran out. He started operating in his own oil and not the oil of the Holy Spirit. He, he started operating at his own will and not what God was directing. His oil ran out. See, when God pours oil on your life, it's forevermore, but he also gives us this thing called self-will. He's not going to force it on you. Sometimes it will be easier that way. Just, just force it on me, God. But he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He wants your heart. He wants your will. Not to be a dictator over it, but to direct you in abundant living. And when you're flowing in that Holy Spirit, he sees your heart. He doesn't see your title. Then the story takes another turn from a kingdom, from a king that was anointed one and his own self-indulgence got in the way and his pride. And now we go to a, a little shepherd boy in a field and we see clear indication of what the kingdom of God was supposed to be on this earth. Because now we go from a prideful, arrogant Saul to now a humble, selfless, obedient, and hardworking boy in a field. That's the kingdom of God. That's what he wants. And let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 to give the, the two, the two um, parallel comparisons. Number one is, the, uh, let's go to verse 10. Jesse and the seven of his sons passed from Samuel, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send him. He will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with, the health, with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, arise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David and Samuel 
um, then went to Raham. Kind of a similar situation here. God found the person, anointed him, but there was a different thing that was happening here. Saul was pointed out. David was neglected. Because David had a bunch of brothers, and they were probably taller, more muscular, probably a better king to the eyes of the people. But God said, no, 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 no. We tried that already. I want a person after my own heart. And he poured the oil on him and anointed him king. The oil of blessing was poured on David, but what? But the blessing, it needs to keep on flowing in his life. Here, here's the thing that the three things I need you to understand that happened here in this, this moment as we talk about the, the oil of blessing. Number one, the oil of blessing will mark you. The oil of blessing will mark you. When you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, there is a target of blessing on your life. There's a target of blessing on your life. Just imagine like this. When you're flowing in the Holy Spirit, imagine a big target on your back for blessing. You thought about it like that? I mean, God only blesses the faithful and obedient. So when you're flowing in that, there's a, there's a spotlight on your back. And that can be a good thing. And that can be a bad thing because the spotlight shines what your heart intentions are. The spotlight shines what your heart intentions are. Have you seen people that, uh, that, that rose to fame or rose to um, high officials and then out of nowhere like, like this, it just comes crumbling down? It's because their heart intentions finally showed up. But when our hearts are pure and saying, God, I want to serve you, I want to live for you, the oil of blessing continues to flow. We do not need to clog our fountain of blessing. And sometimes we do. We complain a lot, right? Oh, God, but they have it this way. Why aren't you blessing me that way? Because that's not your blessing, sister. Oh, they were healed. Why can't I be healed? Maybe it's not the right timing. See, do we really trust God all the way through? Or do we trust him enough and then we jump in the way? Because this is where it is. It is not about a performance. It is a responsibility of me being faithful. Think about this. David wasn't even in the room to, knew, to know the blessing was obtainable. David wasn't in the room. He didn't even know a blessing was attainable. He wasn't there. He was not in the room. The only people that knew the blessing was there was his brothers, his dad. David couldn't perform for Samuel to get the blessing. He couldn't talk his way in to, to show him why he deserved it. David couldn't show his trophy case of all the things he did for him to receive the blessings. David was in conversation of the blessings because of his character and faithfulness. At times, we try to knock on doors that God has never blessed us to walk in. We're just knocking. We just want a blessing. We go from this revival to this revival to find a blessing. The blessing is the same God over there is the same God here. 
There's not like a special God over there. And then here we got the, the downgrade God. We have to understand that the blessing's in here. It's his Holy Spirit. The greatest thing that David was doing was being faithful even when others weren't. What if that promotion you want is determined on the work you do in an unfavorable job that you work in now? And you're cursing the blessing and you never will obtain it because you're not faithful now. What if that college student, what if that career that you're wanting, that you're studying so hard, is on the, good, on the side of you having good grades right now? Can we be practical? David was in the field with dumb sheep. This is not a good Fortune 500 list job. Sheep poop. Sheep stink. Sheep, do, they do stupid things. They run away. Matter of fact, there was a bear one time that a bear came to try to kill the sheep. And because the oil was flowing in, in David's life, God gave him the strength to overcome the bear. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But if you don't, I'm talking to the teenagers right now. Old people, be, stay quiet. There was another thing. There was a lion. Lion, I mean, Lion King, you know, that one, all right? There was a lion that came to steal the sheep, to kill them. Like, done. And by God's giving, by the oil flowing, by him being obedient and faithful, guess what happened? You know what happened? Tell me, SpongeBob. He killed the lion. You can't make up this stuff. Why? It wasn't David had some extra power. He wasn't a power ranger. No. It was the power of the Holy Spirit working in David. That's what you have to understand. You have talents. You have abilities. But the talents and the abilities in your hands are just carnal. But when you put the talents and the abilities in the hands of God, it becomes spiritual. Lives are changed. But be careful when God blesses and your ego gets in the way. That's what happened to Saul. I'm blessed. I'm the king now. But I love what David did. He wasn't qualified for the room. He, he, didn't, he didn't know the blessing was there. But God opened a door for him to walk in to his, to his life to mark him for a blessing. Number two, I got to keep on going because I want to get to number two. Number two is the best. All right, number two is this. The oil of blessing will give you favor. You ever heard of this old church word called favor? They say favor ain't fair. It's not fair. Favor ain't fair. The brothers and father saw David as a shepherd boy. God saw him for more. What does people label you as? I'd rather live in favor of God's hand than not. <laughs> it's just that symbol. I'd rather live in favor than not. But the thing is, 
when you're walking in favor, God's going to let you experience things that are going to blow your mind. But I see a lot of people, you know those people in your life where you're like, dang, they have favor over their life. Like just doors just open for them. And we can't be envious of that. We just got to jump on their train, celebrate them. Because guess what? When you're favored, I'm favored, brother. <laughs> but if you look at their life, a lot of their life is sacrifice, humility, denial, and giving. The people that are favored, their life is not revolved around things that are just for me. It's for things for others. They live a life of sacrifice, humility, denial, and, 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 and giving. One person in our church who are, it's, it's favor over his life is Travis. Travis, he, he goes to our church. He sits on our church board. And, and Travis, I mean, one day he came to me. He's like, hey, Pastor, I, I'm going I'm I'm to quit my six-figure job. And I'm just going to go to the streets and just pray for homeless people. I'm not saying to do this. <laughs> there has to be a favor over your life. There has to be. And he was consistent at it. Consistent. God is opening doors. Amber was telling us he was just doing a speaking gig yesterday. and Miraculous doors opening on podcasts and stuff. God's just opening doors. Why? Because people don't know that his life is full of sacrifice, humility, denial, and giving. I can shout him out because he's a, he's a good friend of mine. But the reality is I've seen the fruit. When nobody else see it, now people are seeing it in the spotlight. The other day, he got $72 million million views on one video. That's favor. That's favor. Favor over your life. I'd rather wake up in, in, with having favor on my life, but favor takes time, effort, and the truth that we need to walk in. Every day, David woke up and made up in his mind that he was going to be the best version for himself, the best version of himself for the sheep. When did he wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be the best version of myself for my job? I'm going to be the best version for myself for the boss that cusses me out. I'm just giving you some practical tools. This is what the Bible says. Because David woke up every day and to, and to animals that never spoke to him, he was faithful. He was consistent. And with that dedication and that, and, and that commitment, there's no other option but to have favor over your life. Let me say it like this. Favor is not the goal. Commitment is the goal. Favor is the byproduct of the commitment. Let me say that again. Because people are just wanting just the blessings of God, but they don't want to be committed. Commitment is the goal. And when you're committed, the byproduct of the commitment is the favor. See, we have it, we have it flipped around. We have so many people that are want, I want to be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, but you don't want to be a blessing. I want, oh, when I hit the lotto, I'm going to be a blessing, but you don't give your 10%. Blessing is not attained to material things. Blessing is attached to your heart. It's attached to your heart. And that's the difference between Saul and David, David was a man after God's own heart. Saul was a man after his own will. God brought David. I love this part. I, I, there's some parts in the Bible where it's just drop the mic moments. I call it drop, and, and this verse 13 was this. 
And Samuel took the horn of oil. He could have said this. Samuel took the horn of oil and blessed David and he's king. But what did he say? David, he anoints him in the presence of his brothers. And we look later on that his brothers didn't really like him that much because David was just one of those guys that just tell it how it is. Anybody have any people that doubt you? Some little haters in your life? By you being committed and faithful, even when those people talk trash about you in your workplace, God is going to put you in front of them to show the blessings of God that he's doing. What if God wants to put you in front of your haters to bless you? His brothers didn't even think about him. His dad didn't even think about him. They didn't think he was even worthy of it. But the, what, what did God say? I'm going to put you in front of them to show you that it's not David that's doing this. It's God. I have anointed him. He puts you in front. It says it like this. He lays a table in front of you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It's the Bible. It's true. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, bless are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It ain't plain. That's plain right there. Psalms chapter 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is, uh, is their sun and your shield. The Lord bestows um, favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. It's there. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lying. How about Psalms chapter 90, verse 17? May the favor of the Lord our God rest on you. Establish your works of your hands for us. Yes, establish the works of your hands. You're going to put the work in there, but you really want the favor of God over it. And the only way you have the favor of God is your commitment in the field. In your, your commitment when nobody is watching. Is your commitment when there's not a spotlight and your commitment when there's not a stage, your commitment where it's just you and God is going to open the doors for the favor over your life. Do I have some people that want to be blessed today? Is the tale of two kings. One did his will and the oil stopped. One stood faithful even in times of trouble and the oil didn't run out, and there was favor and blessings over his life. God will mark you. God will favor you. And the last thing, and I'm done. You can come up. The oil of blessing will move you. The oil of blessing will move you. When David, see, the next verse, we see David is going to walk into a season that he one day will obtain. So Saul is now having little dreams, and there said a tormented spirit tormented Saul in the, in the throne. It, when he was sitting on the throne, he's still king. It said the, 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 the spirit of God left Saul, and a, 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 there was a spirit that tormented Saul. And he wanted somebody to come play the little harp to relax this tormented spirit. They found everybody else, and the, and the spirit didn't go away. There was a servant guy that said, I remember Jesse's kid was playing harp in the field. 
maybe we should bring him to the castle. They thought it was for the torment of spirit. That was the avenue for David to be king one day. That was his avenue to get into the place where he will one day obtain. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 17, 19. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem who know how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. How did he know that? Character integrity. Someone's looking, even though you think no one's looking. That's why faithfulness is key. You can't witness to somebody when they just saw you cut somebody out two days later. They're always watching. He speaks well and has a fine and a fine look, good looking man. And the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent a message to Jesse, send your son, David, who is with the sheep. I love this verse and I want to dissect it real quick. There's three things that happen. I'm going to go kind of backwards on it. Number one is this. David, the one that was just anointed king, the one that was anointed king in front of his brother, he went back to tending sheep. Why? Because in the waiting for the promise, he did not despise what God was doing now. This guy was just anointed king. His whole brother saw him. And what was the first thing he did? I got to go back to the sheep. I got to go tend the sheep. He was more worried about the sheep than he was at the throne. Because you have to realize that the throne is already taken care of. God has blessed you right now for the sheep. We, we, we get a calling over our life, and we want to jump 10 years later into the calling when your character can't handle the calling yet. I don't care if you have a degree. If you're not ready spiritually, you're going to be crushed in the times whenever the throne is too heavy. So David went back to the sheep, and he had a, he under, under understanding that while I wait, I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to quit. There is a sheep that needs to be taken care of. I know I am favored. See, you going back to the sheep doesn't mean that you're still not marked. Going back to the sheep doesn't mean you're still not blessed and favored. David knew that I know I'm favored. That's confidence. I know who I, I'm marked by. That's knowing who's in charge of your life. But at his timing, I will walk into the promise. At his timing, I will walk into the promise. Number two, this is what happened. God knew the tool David need to enter into the place that he was destined to rule. You think that little quirk is just a quirk. You think that little talent you have is just a talent. You think that little ability that nobody knows that you hide, that little singing ability, you know, like, you know, you're in your shower, you're, you're Whitney Houston real quick. You think the thing that you think is less of, God can't use. But one day a shepherd boy was playing a little harp and worshiping God at his own time. But that little harp is the thing that got him into the throne room. It wasn't what he said. It wasn't the people he knew. It wasn't the stuff he gave. 
It was a time of worship that opened a door to the blessing. It was a time of worship because one day a king needed somebody to play him a little harp. And a servant boy said, I saw Jesse's kid one day playing that. And he seems faithful. Let's bring him into the throne room. And when he brought him in, David knew right away he ain't leaving this spot until he obtains what God has promised him. Sometimes you need to have, sometimes the, the, the blessing of a God is on the lips of somebody else opening the door for you. It didn't say that David knew this servant boy. It didn't say they were buds. Your character will take you farther, I'm telling you. And one day, your name will be in somebody's mouth to open a door that you were always destined to walk into. But it starts in the commitment and the faithfulness that David had in the sheeps. Let's stay faithful in that marriage. Let's stay faithful in that budgeting. Let's stay faithful in that class in school. Let's stay faithful in that retirement plan. Let's stay faithful in tithing and giving. Let's stay faithful in our job because it can be the very avenue to open the door to the destiny that God has for you. And number three is this. Others that didn't know David opened the door for his promise. When you're flowing in the presence of God and staying consistent in character and integrity, the door will open that your talent can't get you into. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little shout out, and I'm done, I promise. I'm a little over. I apologize. I'm just so excited what God is doing. I'm going to give a shout out to my wife real fast, a little testimony about her. She started a job eight months ago. And she was at the lowest of the totem pole, and she hated it. I'm not going to lie. It was a tough season for us. This is the first season in 11 years in our life that Jess is working another job that we're not together. We've been together 11 years in ministry, always. day in it. it was good times and bad times. This is the first time where we took a, faith, a, a step in faith and say, it, it's time for you to take that. Our kids are older. It, it's time for you to take that next step. And we didn't know what was, what was going to happen. She goes into this job and instantly favor. Favor. There's nothing special that she did. She's just being who she is. Because nobody sees what the prayer she prayed that is not in front of here. No, nobody sees the dedication she's done to the house of God. But when God opened an avenue, in eight months, three raises already? A promotion that you should never have gotten? That the doctor, the, the, the top doctor, took her into a room and said, hey, we only give these things to people that have been here a year, but here's your Christmas bonus. It's nothing she did. It's a favor over her life. And when she walks into that, right now she's like the boss around there. She's been there eight months and they go to her for answers. Why? Because character will get you farther than your talent. Character will bridge that gap that your talent can't get you through. It's called the favor of God over your life. It's called the favor of God over your family. It's called the favor of God over your kids. God's going to open doors for your kids that didn't open for you. Why? Because it's the favor of the generational favor over your life. It's the favor of God. Be the person that other people has no other option but to put you in a rooms of opportunity. 
because the faithfulness you're doing now. David was walking to Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our own plans, but God will establish our steps. The blessing, the oil of blessing only flows when commitment is high. The oil blessing will only flow when faithfulness is key. When you're getting into your word, when you're seeking God. This is not a, a lotto ticket God. You can't just grab something and scratch it off and expect to be blessed. It takes, did I drop something? It takes time. It takes effort. But also, it takes a, a resilience to know that I am am blessed because I know him. And when that oil is flowing, God gets all the credit. God gets all the glory because it's not my will. I will, I will walk into opportunities. I will walk into doors that I have not a degree for because of the favor of God over my life. I will walk into uh, conversations with people that will open a door for me, not because of my criterias or not by my degrees. No, by, by the favor of God is the blessings of God. God, we still serve Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We have to know that. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. There is an oil blessing in this room. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. 